no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Hey, yo, it's me, Rocky. How you doing? You just listening to the Bear Essential Podcast with President A. Dub. Hey, yo, Buckus! Shout out to the trivia champ. Appreciate you rocking with us, Mike. Got that dub today. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 25-24 comeback victory against the Seattle Seahawks. Talk to him, A-Dub. It was good to get a, a victory, press. I'm so happy for us, man. And a comeback one at that. And listen, audience, you guys know I always have so much shade. Guys, you know I have so much smart-ass shit to say about Matthew Nagy. I still want this man to lose his job. However, <laughs> that two-point conversion play call, A-Dub, loved it. Demir Bird, shout-out to you. Hell of a fucking catch. I love every part of that. Listen, audience, we have had so much bullshit that we've had to talk to you guys about on this show this season. It feels good to be on here talking about a win. Nagy, instead of going for the extra point to tie the game, he goes for the victory. That's what I'm talking about, Perez. Well, the thing about it is, man, he had nothing to lose in that situation. However, I still give him kudos, man, for making that call because he could have easily tried to go into overtime, but you got you to gotta play for the win. You got to play for the win. That's what's up. Merry Christmas to us, audience. I know. We're only 5-10 and 10 on the season. We're not going to the playoffs. We get it. However, I'm always going to be happy about a Bears victory. It's been a long time since we talked about one of them on this show because we are now snapped that three-game losing streak, A-Dub. And again, as I mentioned, nothing changes about what I expect this team to do at the end of the season. They need to do the right thing, fire Matt Nagy. But at least for today's sake, we're going to celebrate today because, man, today's victory felt good. We did not fold under pressure. We actually came through, man, in that time, that crush time. This was a game of mixed emotions. Because I'm not going to lie to you, there was a large majority of this game that I was indifferent. I started daydreaming and thinking about the Bulls game tonight. However, <laughs> this team didn't quit. And that is huge. You know, I keep talking about that on these shows, that this team has not quit on their coach. And I know Jalen Johnson, he mentioned that he thought some of the players checked out. But I look at what I saw today, and that could have been a game that they easily could have quit on the, on the coach. They did not. They didn't quit on themselves. Not saying that they looked good for the whole 60 minutes. But when they counted, those guys stepped up their game. And it just shows that these guys are playing for pride, man. We know that we out of it. We get it. But pride is on the line, Perez. And I'm just saying, man, it's nice for once to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Because always, I mean, especially with Matt Nagy as our coach, it's always the other way around, A-Dub. On our preview part, we had some predictions, audience. My boy A-Dub, he called it. He said the Bears are going to win today. He said 20 to 16 was going to be the result. Me, on the other hand, looked at the way things had been going, and I said, nah, I don't see it. 24-17, I had the Seahawks winning. So, A-Dub, you were right. However, the audience is going to be very, really quick to remind you of your 11-game win prediction at the beginning of the season. <laughs> so, audience, he's going to be bound to get one of these wins, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was due for what, man. And uh, forgive me for that 11-game uh, prediction. But this game here, I-, I felt something about this game. Looking at that senior overall press, don't let this man get on here and cap because when he saw that that Justin Fields wasn't going to be playing in this game, he was worried about that prediction. 
So I was worried about that also, knowing that Hicks wasn't playing. I was worried about that too. So I'm like, oh man, Fields and Hicks stop playing? My prediction may be going out the window on this. But you know what? I like the fact that even when we was texting about the game and stuff, he was going to take it whichever way it was going to go. So I respect that. Shout, shout out to you, man. I appreciate that. With that being said, though, when it comes to Justin Fields, you know, I talked about that a second ago that we found out he was going to be inactive in this game. We also found out that Andy Dalton was also going to be inactive. So <laughs> that led to <laughs> Nick Foles being our starting quarterback. And honestly, A-Dub, if I'd have known that before I made my predictions, I would have had that score a lot worse than what it was. However, Nick Foles went out there today, and he got the job done. Man, I'll tell you this, Perez. Nick Foles proved a lot of people wrong today, including A-Dub, because I was a little scared. And then also look at the weather, too, right, Perez? There, I'm like, man, make some good darts out there, play well under pressure. So when you look at that, Nick Foles, I'm, I want to kind of – I want to kind of break things out a little bit here. So first of all, the first part with Nick Foles, I was not overly confident. I'm not going to be one of these podcasts that's going to get here and say, oh, I knew Nick Foles was going to do. I didn't think shit. I thought that we were in trouble. <laughs> but Nick Foles proved me wrong as well as he proved A-Dub wrong. But I respect it because I don't think there was many people in Bears land. If you guys could sit up here and raise your hand and say, going into this matchup, you were confident <laughs> with Nick Foles being our quarterback today? then please DM us because I got a special prize for y'all because I didn't feel the same way y'all did. <laughs> I want to know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, why Why were you so confident? But anyway, Foles did not look terrible in this game, A-Dub. He was better than expected. And obviously, audience, you know how this game ended. He let us down for that game-winning drive, big-time play. But A-Dub brought a really good point up. He talked about the poor weather. When you looked at this game, the weather and the snow didn't seem to have any effect on not only Foles, but Russell Wilson either, because both teams, they were trying to establish the running game, but they still threw the ball as well. They established what they wanted to do. We were able to, you know, turn it up, and our defense turned it up, you know, in the fourth quarter. So overall, like you said, man, Seattle did what they want to do. Russell Wilson looked good at times with scrambling and making some throws, and Nick Foles looked good at making his throws. We're not going to get through this whole entire podcast without me having some strong words about Matt Nagy. I like that two-point conversion call. Kudos to you there. But I did not like the fact that going into this matchup, Larry Borm and also Thomas Graham Jr. were not starters. I don't know in what universe Matt Nagy thought it was okay to start Jermaine Fetty over Larry Borm and to start Kendall Vildor over Thomas Graham Jr. I don't know what he was thinking there. So I got to call a spade a spade there. Now, when I saw that lineup today, I was pretty pissed off. I'm like, what is he doing? Some people will sit here and they'll say, well, Prez, Thomas Graham Jr. got burnt by DK Metcalf in the first quarter. Yeah, I saw that. But you know what I also saw? I also saw that they didn't have any safety help over the top on that play. You do not leave a fucking rookie cornerback in his second NFL game going one-on-one against DK Metcalf. Come on, man. That's like for the parents out there. I'm not going to just say for the fathers. But that's like a mother and a father, and you got a two-year-old toddler, you playing basketball with them. It's, it's, it's barbecue chicken. It's game over. That's what happened in that situation. Coach decide you cannot have your rookie out there on the island like that. Not against no damn DK Metcalf. <laughs> right, right, right. And again, friends, it's snowing out there, right? Just a bad decision to make right there. Decide should actually take some ownership on that play. I'm sure he did. But my, my bigger point behind that is saying that personnel, Matt Nagy doing what needs to, to be done. So what? He got burned on one play. He's a rookie. That's just going to happen. Right. But he learned from it because he was solid for the rest of that game. And that's what you got to do with these young players. 
They need to be out there playing. This is valuable playing time for them, especially how we talked about where this team is not going to the playoffs. You need to get these young guys up and going because this gives them confidence going into the offseason and get them confidence for next season. So, Matt Nagy, we know you're not going to be here next season. You're saying, well, I'm going to go with the veteran guys. Fuck you. Get the playing time to these young guys because not only are these young guys hungry, but they are performing the veterans. You had a great point. We talked about seeing Bilder out there over uh, uh, Graham Jr. Because I thought the same with you, that, hey, let Graham Jr. start. Why, why not? You know, you have nothing to lose with Vildor because Vildor, as you've seen, has struggled this year, Bridge. We've seen it. I'm with you, man. I think you got to get these guys, young guys, a chance to continue to play and continue to grow and develop. Uh, that's, a, that's a total fair point. And that's kind of where I was, I was going with that point. Because like I said, there's a lot of people that will sit here and say, oh, you guys were crowning Thomas Graham Jr. before he's done anything in the league. No, we weren't crowning him. But if you look at those cornerbacks that we trotted out there this season, it's been awful. And so we got a guy that's showing some promise. I want to see that person right. out there. That's all I'm saying. We know he's going to make some mistakes. He's still young. So, yeah, give him a chance, man. Give him an opportunity. And right now, to me, Perez getting burnt on one play doesn't dictate how good this guy's going to be. That's one play overall he's showing me a lot of promise. Next play mentality in the NFL. That shit happens. You move on. You live the, He lived to fight another day. But when I think about Thomas Graham Jr., he's the second-best cornerback on this team right now. This kid spent the entire year on the fucking practice squad. That was my greater point, audience, when I made that point about the fact that Vildor started today. When you see decisions like that being made, that goes to show you that this head coach doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Now, I know we got the win today. He had the great two-point conversion call. Cool. But I'm not going to sit over here and act like there were some things that happened in this ball game that did not piss me off when it came to Matthew. Now, I talked a second ago up that Larry Borm didn't start. Larry Borum was huge in this ball game, and he wouldn't even have played in this game if Tevin Jenkins didn't go down with a shoulder injury. Now, that's another thing that I want us to think about. These personnel decisions that he's making is the reason why we're 5 and 10. It doesn't matter where you put him. You put him at right tackle, you put him at left tackle. The kid performs. He does what he needs to do. And that was the point I was making a second ago about these younger guys. Get them out there because these guys are hungry. But not only that, they're making plays out there. They're performing. They're playing well. They're performing well. And I got to give Larry Borm a lot of credit, man, to come in and press to play left tackle, but to do a decent job at that, man. It just shows his versatility. So I'm kind of happy for him, man. Borm did pretty good. And another one of those steals. So I know we give Ryan Pace a lot of crap on this show, but I'm telling you, this draft that he had this this previous offseason is shaping up to be a good one because you you can't look at that draft and say you had a problem with any of those players. Even Daz Newsom has been stepping up with more playing time. This draft was really good, eh, Doug? But overall, man, I'm, I'm satisfied, praise what I'm saying. Silver lining in this game, Larry Bourne got an opportunity to get more reps. He replaced Tevin Jenkins. I thought he did well there. Now. This may be a situation for the audience to kind of keep in mind here. Maybe Tevin Jenkins might be better suited for the right tackle, and maybe Larry Borum might be your left tackle in the future. But when I look at this, I think Larry Borum is versatile enough that you might be able to move him over to left tackle. That's an interesting take right there, Perez. I would love to see how Jenkins play at that right tackle if he's get the opportunity to do so, but you never know. We'll see what happens there. All right, a in this game today, you knew the Seahawks were in trouble when what? I knew they were in trouble, Perez, when Robert Quinn got that sack on Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter that led to that, to me, potentially led to that missed field goal. They still left the window open for the Bears. The window was still open. Yeah, I like that one, they dub because for me, I also thought that that's when the Seahawks were in trouble. Not only was that a big play by Quinn, but I think more so 
that missed field goal was kind of the moment for me because that was a nice little momentum shift to the Bears. That defense yeah. made a key stop there, but then they also made another key stop in that fourth quarter when they got the ball back to Foles in the offense with a little bit under four minutes left, and that was the game-winning drive with Foles and company when Foles went down the field and, you know, the rest. Right. Yeah, but man, that defense. The defense did what they had to do. But I want to talk about the offense for a second because we got a lot to unpack when it comes to the defense. The offense did some good today, and I do want to take some time to give them a shout-out about that. But then again, we have to unpack some of the negatives that we saw on offense as well today. The Bears did a really nice job down the stretch of getting Cole Komet involved in this offensive scheme. He's continuing to show really good strides there. He's developing, and he's giving me some really good things to really think about him going into next offseason, man. I'm glad you brought up Komet, man, because, Chris, those catches, those yards after the catch, running people over, I said, man, that's what I'm talking about right there. If you continue doing that, woo, you're going to be pretty good for this Chicago Bears. I'm glad they got him involved. Yeah, no, that was huge. I love that point about the yards I have to catch. His ability to break tackles. He keeps his feet moving. He moves the chains. That's really something I really like. Now, another thing I liked. We took advantage of going against the one of the worst passing defenses in the league. Now, we know our Bears offense is not a strong passing attack at all. But I thought when there were opportunities to take advantage of what the Seahawks can't do well, they did. Foles made the throws that were there. Oh, he got sacked. The pass protection wasn't there at certain points of the game. However, when plays were there, I thought Nick Foles made them happen, and I thought they got the ball out to the receivers where they can make plays. Even with that, you talk about uh, Nick Foles throwing the ball. Uh, I thought he did a very good job on third down with making some of those completions, you know. Uh, very good passes, right on target, third and long. I mean, it's in phase Nick Foles. He did. Now, there was a couple times, though, on some of those drives where they converted in third on third and long. Think about the drive where they were down on the two-yard line and we got no points out of that. On that drive specifically, they converted on third and eight or longer three times. So that's a group call-out, A-Dub, because we did a good job on third down. That's what you need to do in this NFL. If you're a third and long, you got to be able to convert on those, and they were able to. I mean, obviously, it would be nice not to have third and long, but that's not right. the perfect <laughs> world, right? <laughs> Definitely not with this team. Right? Is that all we've been through? So it's well, good to see us you know, make some stride there. Now, another thing, too, for the audience to think about, the opening possession, we had a three and out. But that second possession, this is the one that I really want to highlight here to the audience. This is the one that I kind of like because they were able to move the ball there on that second possession thanks to David Montgomery, hard running. This guy's been the most reliable weapon on offense this season. And he continues to help us get into nice scoring position. So that second drive, that was one that I really liked because that was kind of where we saw the ball getting moved a little bit more. And that's something that we haven't seen all season with this offense consistently moving the ball down the field. That was a very good possession because one of the most important things with that possession that I really enjoyed was the fact that we held the ball for like eight minutes. And that's a long time with that. So moving the ball, getting guys involved, I thought we did good with that. Yeah, the only thing, though, only thing, though, when you hold the ball like that, you got to be able to score. But it was nice to see them move the football, and and I think that's something going forward. I'm going to be, I definitely want to see that going down the stretch. These last two games, a dub, I want to see how that offense looks. I really hope when Justin gets back in there, we continue to see that type of flow like we saw in this game down the stretch of the offense kind of just looking pretty good because they even asked Nick Foles why he didn't think the offense has been as productive this season. And he was like, man, he said, I don't even want to touch that one. 
<laughs> hey man, it's a lot. It's a lot involved in that, friends. A lot involved, and he knows it. Kind of starts with the head coach Matt Nagy. He didn't want to touch it. Yeah, my man said it's not my place to say it. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're trying to say, bro. <laughs> right, saying less is more, <laughs> dude. Right, audience, listen to what he does. Said that that shit is a fact right there. Because you get a lot of people, they they'll get in front of the microphones and say this and say that. It's the person that told you. <laughs> I got nothing you for like you. Say it. Yep. He said, "Shit, y'all watch this shit, <laughs> right?" <laughs> and he ain't lying. He's like, "Hey, think about it, y'all. Think about it." Hmm. I guess the other thing too, man, just offensively, I like Larry Borum. I talked about him earlier, audience, but I'm really high on this kid. Continues to be solid. No matter where they put this kid out there on the field, man, he's going to be solid in this league. And even if, okay, say, for instance, if the Bears decide to upgrade at the position and sign a veteran to play, well, Larry Borum is still showing you that he's got flexibility to be a swing tackle, that he could play the left or right. So either way it goes, you still got a really good, solid player here in Larry Borum. And that's somebody that's gave me a lot of reasons to smile today on that game, eh, though. I like him in pass protection. He's done pretty good there, friends. Done good in the run game as well. So I'm like, man, Larry Borden's going to be a stud. Honest, we talked about it in the open, but the other thing I liked on offense today was your coach having some fucking stones and going for the win today. That two-point conversion play call was the right decision. It was a nice play call. And how about Demir Bird? I know I gave him some love last week. I gave him some love in the open. But I need to give him some love here because that was a hell of a catch. I watched that thing three or four times, and I'm like, holy shit. How did he hang on to that? The way he was up in the air, I'm like, did he catch that? Did he knock out his head? But he held on to it and still got both feet in end, you know? And I was like, man, inbound. I was like, great, great catch, man, and great stand, uh, great body control. Great job. Salute to you, Demir. Now, I got to talk about some of the bad of what I saw here because these are the reasons why we're 5-10. and 10, But also, these are the reasons why Matt Nagy is going to get shown the door at the end of the season. Because as I mentioned earlier, how do you drive down the field 70-plus yards to get down to the Seattle two-yard line? You come away with zero points because the coach decides to go forward on fourth down. But then he goes forward with an awful play call, and we get stops. What I also didn't like was then you get the ball – third and goal, and you go consecutive plays, Nick Foles quarterback sneak. Give the ball to David Montgomery. What are we doing? That's the one thing you're supposed to always do, Press, is get a ball to Montgomery. You talk about running the football, why not? That's our best opportunity. We know what Montgomery can do, Press. We say this time of the time, man, how he break tackles. Why not give it to him? So you're right. There are some things I just did not like, man. And one of those things I did not like, Press, to see out there was that wildcat again, man. Well, as the audience, as you guys know on this show, I've been talking about that Wildcat play all season. It doesn't work. It's not about the play just being a, a, a non-factor. It shouldn't just be called. It's stupid. It's a play that's unnecessary. And the fact of the matter is, just hand the ball off. Go out formation. Give the ball to David Montgomery. Let him do what he has to do. Stop it with the cute shit. That's my problem with the Wildcat. That play, to me, is just unnecessary especially when you've already shown that you can move the football. There's no place for that. Just don't do it. Just stop doing this shit. And that's the reason why this guy's going to lose his fucking job. It ain't just the Wildcat. There's a lot of stuff that he does out yeah. there. Now, talking about that Wildcat, you lose two yards on that play. When you're in the red zone, when you have an office like the Bears, there's not some sort of a scoring juggernaut. We struggle to score the ball in the red zone anyway. So why make the shit harder on yourself than you need to? That should never happen. Awful play call. 
why won't you scheme your receivers to go further on that route? Give some receivers some options there to be open in the end zone. That's my problem with this head coach. Last week, I was I was talking about Darnell Mooney. I still don't think that he's taking the next step in his development. Still too many drops. He still isn't utilizing his speed. I think this kid's too dynamic to play the way that he plays. I don't know if that's the coaching. I don't know if it's the scheme. I don't know if it's the player. But I need, for year three of Darnell Mooney, we need to unlock and see what we have in this kid. When I look at the eye test, he seems like he should be performing and playing a lot better than what we've been seeing. What this whole thing boils down to, Chris, what you and I have been talking about in the past, is that we just kind of see right now, Darnell Mooney is not a number one. And then, too, like you were saying, he's not showing us enough on offense to where he's uh, in those areas to where he can catch the ball, Perez, or in good position. I mean, you find him, Perez, he's always defended. He's not running great routes. Yeah, man, we got to look at Darnell Mooney and say, man, we need you to make some progression there. So you're right, Perez. Third year, we got to expect better than this. That's why I tell people, stop anointing him. Yeah, he can be a solid player in this league, but he's not there yet. And so hopefully we see some continued improvement there from Darnell Mooney. But I also put some of that on a position coach as well. What are you doing working with this kid? Because like I said, he should be a lot further alone than he's at. Too many drops. A lot of those deflections off of his hands have led to picks for Justin Fields. I just need to yes. see more there. I need to see more there. But anyway, we, we won this football game today, but I just wanted to point out a couple of just things about this game that bothered me because that's why a large majority of this game, we were behind. David Montgomery has to be utilizing this offense more. We can't keep going away from him. There's times when Matt Nagy forgets that he's got a dynamic running back in that backfield. There's so many times on third and short, fourth and short, where he's going to call a, a pass play instead of running the football. Why do that when you got a guy that can easily get one or two yards? David Montgomery is going to get those tough yards. Give him the ball. We cannot abandon Montgomery. That's the one of the things that you and I highlighted over and over again. I think in Nagy, Nagy gets so trigger-happy wanting to pass the football, Perez, for some reason. What it is with him and running the football, but like you said, we got to even run it back. got to use him, man. That's a weapon. Because when you don't, you just make the shit harder on yourself. And he calls those unnecessary gimmicky-ass plays. That shit's a problem. The penalties are a problem. But also, as I mentioned, we had some really poor offensive line play today in pass protection and sometimes in that running game as well. So you had a lot of those different factors going in this game. That's why the gimmicky bullshit pissed me off because there was no time and place for that in that ball game. I think he does a lot of unnecessary things, and he goes away from Montgomery too quick, in my opinion. I understand he go back to Montgomery, but it's like it becomes a factor in the game. Now, defensively in this game, Kendall Vildor got the start. But one of the things that I really liked was that late in that second half, you saw that they went with Burns and Thomas Graham Jr. on the outside. And we saw Thomas Graham Jr., who, in my opinion, made one of the plays of the game outside of Demir Bird. But Thomas Graham Jr. had that, um, that pass breakup, big-time play. This kid's only played in two games, and he's already tied Jalen Johnson for pass breakups on the entire season. So that shows you that this kid has a nose for that football, and that's something that makes, gives me a lot of excitement. Now, the Bears may audience upgrade at the position and bring a veteran in at that number two cornerback position. I wouldn't even be upset about that. However, Thomas Graham Jr. has shown you that he's got enough ability and talent that he can at least compete with whoever they bring in at that position, but they definitely need to bring some more talent at that cornerback position. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Perez. Still need some more talent there. But one thing I will say about uh, Graham Jr. is that 
He's not afraid, friends. He knows there's a target on his back. The fact that everyone knows he's a rookie, he hasn't played many games this season, of course they're going to try to you know, go after him, right? He's not afraid of it. He's holding his own ground for the most part, man, and hanging in there. So, But I'm not, hey, come down to Thomas Graham, I like what we're seeing, man. He's got Artie Burns on the other side of him. So if I think in that game, Russell Wilson probably was more so looking to go after Artie Burns because Thomas <laughs> Graham settled in. I don't know, Thomas Graham, he broke up some nice plays there. I just can't wait for Jalen Johnson to get back because, as I mentioned last week, Woo. I want to see him and Thomas Graham Jr. playing together. That's going to be nice just to see how those guys play in tandem. Yeah, man, I want to see what we really got. Two young guys, you know, we still know. But Jalen Johnson, we, we know he's becoming a stud in, his, in, the, in the league. So, yeah, see, if both of them play together, man, I got a lot of hope right there. And I hope that they both don't play well together. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. When you look at this team on defense today, there were some things that I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that when the offense did get them a score there in the first half, the defense came right back and gave up a touchdown. And that's what this team has done consistently on defense. They let up, they go soft coverage, and then they get beat in a play. And you saw that happen consistently. We also saw that at times the Seahawks ran at will on us. Rashad Penny, he went well over 130 yards in this game, had a score, but he was blowing up the middle. Eddie Goldman, I don't know where he was at in this game today, but they had their way in that running attack. That was like, we're not getting enough penetration right there in that middle, man. He was attacking and picking up some big yards. It's, and, and, and in addition to that, press, he was breaking tackles, too. He ran all over us today. Well, I mean, this is not going to be a secret to anybody that listens to this show, but our run defense is just not the same without Hakeem Hicks. We saw the juice that Hakeem Hicks brought in the matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Well, up front, we didn't have that today because Eddie Goldman didn't step up to the challenge. Bilal Nichols, you know, he made some plays here and there, but it's just it wasn't the same. And that's just something you just can't replace 96 in that lineup. And that's what I want people to think about as we enter the last couple games of Hakeem Hicks in a Bears uniform that who are you going to replace him with? Because a lot of these guys that are here now, they don't bring what he brings to the table. And that's part of the reason why I'm praising that we're worried about this game. Like, hey, look, press brought up Penny, you know, in the pre-show about what he can do. And here we are, right? He's running through us without Hicks. That's what it comes down to. We need somebody there. And Hicks is one of those guys who can do great for us. So if he's not with us next season, Press, that's the guy we're really going to miss. Yeah, I second that one. I second that one. But Desai, I think he's been pretty solid this season. There's just too many times 
where he stays in the nickel and he allows teams to run the football down our throats. That's what we saw in this game on a couple times. Audience, you know how we do on this show. We're going to celebrate the good when we see it, but we also going to keep it, we're going to call it a buck when we see things that we don't like. However, we're going to turn the page here and we're going to get into some positives. We're going to give out some game balls. Hey, Doug, who's getting the game ball on offense, my bro? My game ball got to go to Montgomery. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to say that phrase, I know he didn't rush for a lot of yards. But one thing I will say, man, in, in the passing game, he picked up some, he made some big plays, Perez. He was a big factor in some of those drives that led to points. Not only did he rush for it to be itself, but, you know, he put us in some good positions when he caught some passes. I will continue to tell this to anybody that's willing to listen. David Montgomery is the heart and soul of this offense. He's our best weapon on offense. Think about today's game, audience. This guy led the team in both receiving and rushing yards. And I thought there was opportunities that he could have made even more plays if the head coach would have given him the ball or called the place for him. However, David Montgomery fully embodies what being a Chicago Bear is all about. I love this guy, what he brings to the table. And they need to make him a permanent captain on this team next year. Enough of this weekly captain bullshit that you guys are doing. You guys need to go back to having captains on this team because this guy embodies everything you want in a captain. And so, A-Dub, that is a hell of a game ball recipient. I love David Montgomery, and I love what he brings to this team. So I'm going to give my game ball to Nick Foles. Now, audience, I know you guys are like, <laughs> damn, for real? <laughs> what can I say? The guy basically told me to shut the fuck up. So I was worried about him in this game. Hey, this man went out there. He performed. He did what he needed to do. So I'm not going to sit here, peer, and cap. I told you guys I was concerned. Well, Nick Foles told me to take my concern and go shove it. So I'm giving you the game ball, sir, because his first start of the season. But what did he do? He got the job done when it counted the most. He drove them down the field, got us that fifth victory. And this is what Nick Foles has done in his career. I know everybody says they call him Big Dick Nick and all that. However, hey, <laughs> you got to come back winning this game. I got to get a man credit. So shout out to you, Nick Foles. Really good game there, man. All I got to say about Nick Foles, look, he shut me up when he was trying to tell me in this game that, hey, I'm not a third-string quarterback. Well, one of the things that I kind of thought about when they signed Andy Dalton, now, I don't have that huge of an issue with Andy Dalton. I thought he's been so-so this season. I just didn't understand the signing when they gave him all that money. When you had Nick Foles on the roster, I was actually okay with Nick Foles being the number two. My issue was when you got Andy Dalton in here, now you had Nick Foles as a number three with the type of money that you were paying him. It just didn't make sense. And that's one of the reasons why when I look at a Ryan Pace, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You, you've had some decent moves here and there in the draft, but then you do stupid shit in free agency that makes us scratch our heads. Because when you signed Andy Dalton, you gave him that $10 million, you had Nick Foles right there. What was the thinking there? Now, I know some people will say, but at the time, we didn't have Justin Fields. Fine. That's fair. However, it's still a situation that he had to go out and make those moves because he missed on the original pick of his quarterback choice. I'm going to get into all that, but you guys know what I'm referring to there. So he has to continue to make all these moves to make up for mistakes that he's making. So in this situation here, yeah, I agree. Nick Foles is in the number three. I mean, he's not my starting quarterback either, but in a pinch, if you got to have, if you need a guy that can come in and win you a game and, or have a game winning drive, I'm okay with that. If I'm looking at next season, I'm okay with Nick Foles coming back and being the number two with Justin Fields being the starting quarterback. No disrespect to Andy Dalton. He was fine and all, but get him off the team. You know, because the way I look at it, we need to have we need to spend that money elsewhere. 
I'm not against Nick Foles being a backup. He just never showed me that he can sustain that, right, for being the guy for the entire season. All right, who's getting your defensive game ball? My defensive game ball, I thought Eddie Jackson played a decent game for us. He held it out there for us. He's a big part of secondary. He didn't let Lockett light us up, so I got I went with Eddie Jackson. Okay, all right. I'm going to give mine to Robert Quinn. Now, 17th sack on the season here, audience. Second in the league behind T.J. Watt. How about this season from Robert Quinn in the audience? My goodness, none of us saw this shit coming. None of us saw this coming. This is an incredible season for him. Exceeded all of our expectations. He's a half sack from tying Richard Dent's Bears team record with 17 and a half. Damn. Every week, man, he just does something that just makes me just like say, brother, you are another one that's making me shut up around here. Because <laughs> last season, A-Dub, we continued to harp on the fact of what he wasn't giving us and how he was letting Khalil Mack down. Well, look at what's happening now. Robert Quinn's getting all the attention as we continue to say on this show. And he's continuing to wreak havoc. He's continuing to be a nuisance. And even in this game today, that first half pass rush that he had, he didn't get the sack, but he opened it up for Bilal Nichols to clean it up. That was just, a, that was just a precursor of what he was doing out there in this ballgame. And it's not just the pass rush. This guy's been solid against the run today, too, setting the edge. That shit is important, and that stuff is not talked about. That is stuff that he's really improved upon here in this season. That is all facts right there for us. He shut me up, man. I, I mean, I said some things last season about him, man. You know what? He made me eat my words this season. So I, I, all I can do is salute the man. He's been out there wrecking havoc, like you said, Perez. All the accolades that's coming to him this season, he actually deserves it. And his motor just hasn't stopped, man. This guy does not quit. Just love his energy, man. I even love listening to him speak in the pressers, man. The guy's just refreshing. He's honest, and he's not about all the fluff. They asked him about him making it to the Pro Bowl. He just kind of was like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, I'm just ready to play some football. Just, I just love that type of energy, man. He just he just wants to play ball, and you, you yeah. love that. Yep, he's a team player for us. He loves his job. He loves going out there playing football. All right, who's your underperformer, man, for week 16? Hey, I'm going to go with Vildor. Send him out there, Perez. Bad things always happen when he's out there, man. It just don't vote well for us, man. And for me, I got to call him out, man. is the guy that always seems to go out there, Perez, and not do his job effectively. So, and, I mean, that's a fair point. The offseason can't get here soon enough for Vildor. I think he's going to have to get back in the lab, really, and work on his technique, get stronger, watch a lot of film. As I've mentioned to the audience so many times, he was just thrust into a situation where he just wasn't ready for. He continues to struggle in coverage. He got lost on that touchdown to Gerald Everett. When you have those short routes like that, you can't just sit on the route and then just let people get behind you. Come on, man. What are you doing? Easy score. So it's just it's just been that way for him all season, man. Pass coverage is just a lot that he needs to clean up going into next season. He's not physical enough for me either, so I think that's what it comes down for me too. All right, I hear you. I hear you. My underperformer, my bear down for week 16 is Captain Jermaine Effetti. So last week, I came after this man for having the audacity to go after Tevin Jenkins because he was worried about the 15 yards that Tevin Jenkins lost in that moment when he was defending Justin Fields. So not only does Matt Nagy reward this guy by naming him the captain in the next game, but Captain Jermaine Effetti got beat multiple times today. There was that play there in the game where we thought it was going to be a fumble, but Nick Foles' arm was moving forward. Guess who got beat in that play? Jermaine Effetti. This guy has not been good at all. I was pissed off that Matt Nagy gave the starting rollback to this guy. What did he do to deserve that? 
when you got a young guy in, in Larry Borum that deserves to get those reps. So anyway, also, in addition to him getting beat on the game, A-Dub, did you see when my boy David Montgomery scored that touchdown? My man was having his touchdown celebration, doing his snow angel. And guess yes. who comes over and interrupts his touchdown celebration? None other than Jermaine Affetti. What is wrong with this guy? Man, I'm starting to work with this guy. Hater or something, Prince. <laughs> he is a hater. He a hater. <laughs> Straight up, man. I'm like, dude, chill out, man. You'll just be celebrating. Let us enjoy this touchdown, man. And you coming at ruining, like you say, Prince, ruining all that, man. He gave up pressure consistently most of the game. That's why Nick Foles was getting harassed and getting sacked because of this guy. David Montgomery came and celebrated his achievement because of this guy. <laughs> man, I'm, get this guy off this fucking team. Get him off this team. Fuck this guy. You're right, Chris. Even with the fact they allowed pressure on uh, Foles, the fact that he also got penalties too didn't help the game either. As we look ahead here, going into week 17, you know, it's a mixed bag here. Obviously, we're not going to the playoffs. But winning games doesn't mess up any sort of draft stock for us because our draft pick is going to the Giants. So when I look at this matchup against them, let's fucking win out. Because, hey, every game we win, it lowers that draft pick for the New York Giants. As I said earlier, today changes absolutely nothing in my estimation when it comes to Matt Nagy and even Ryan Pace. We need a clean slate. We need to get these guys out of here. I also think they need to reevaluate the coaching staff. There's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up here in this offseason. But looking at this game against the Giants, <laughs> Mike Glennon, there's the quarterback for the Giants, another <laughs> Brian Pace special. I think this is setting up to be a trap game. You got this guy coming in here where most people will say, oh, this should be an easy win for the Bears. We cannot assume anything. We can never assume anything. They still got some decent players on that roster, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay, even though he's had – uh, up and down season, you still got talent on that offense. So when I look at this matchup, I want us to go hard after these guys. I feel good about this win today, Doug. But I want Justin Fields to get some experience here down the stretch, and I really hope that he's back and playing at Soldier Field on Sunday. Yeah, I hope he's healthy enough, Perez. Uh, Justin Fields healthy enough to play. I would love to see him out there, Perez. And you're right. Let's not let up on this game, man, against the Giants. Let's go all out. And. If one thing that I hope that Fields is sitting back and learning from the veteran quarterbacks on this team, one thing that I really want him to get better at is making those reads, getting the ball off quickly. Because in this game, there were times where Foles was just getting the ball out, getting the ball out. That's the one thing about Justin Fields that I want to see get tweaked a bit. He does that, man. It's, it's, the sky's going to be the limit for what this kid's going to be able to do in this offense. But the Bears are 2-0 over the last couple seasons against the Giants, so there's no reason why we can't make it 3-0 and on Sunday. Hey, man, you're right. There's no reason, so let's try to go for that, man. Let's beat the Giants. <laughs> From here, audience, Matt Nagy, not the answer. We know that. David Montgomery continues to be one of the most underrated players in this league, solid in all aspects of his game. So thankful the 32 is, is on this team. Thomas Graham Jr. needs to be starting these last two games of the season. No more of this Kendall Vildor shit, Matthew. And Larry Borum needs to be starting as well. Jermaine Fetty needs to be sitting his ass on the sideline. He can hate from the sideline. I don't want to see him on the field anymore. Get him the fuck off the field. Get him out of here. Time to let the young guys play, Briz. That's where we're at. A few more games left of the season. Let's do it. Yes, sir. And David Montgomery, he said that Matt Nagy's message to the team last night was to empty the cup. Well, Matthew, we need you to do the same thing. Coach his last two games like these are the last two games of your life. They're the last two games of your Bears' life. But 
let's leave nothing left in that chamber. We need to get these wins. The fan base deserves for us to go out on a high. These players in this locker room deserve that momentum. At home here on, on Sunday, we need to give the fans something to cheer about. It may even be a cold day. Fans should not be making that trek to Soldier Field and being treated with inefficient offense and a half-hearted bullshit out there. Empty the cup, and let's fucking get that W against the Giants. Man, that is well said right there, Perez. Let's bring the momentum. We're coming off the victory. Keep it going. All right, audience, we're going to holler at y'all again on Thursday when we do our preview of the Giants game. Until then, we are out. Thanks for listening to The Very Sentence. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support and for making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. As always, Bears Nation, come down with us.